Being a mother is an attitude, not biology. An unknown writer once said, if you give me any three words, I'll write you a story about my mother. Story is in our DNA, and of course, so is she. We gathered stories from men and women in all walks of life. Stories about the ones we have, the ones we are, the ones we know. This includes stories about stepmothers, godmothers, grandmothers, birth moms, foster moms, the mom up the street. It includes stories about not being a mom and stories about mothering in other ways. No matter how you slice it, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Hi everybody, I'm Lupe Padilla Mitchell. I'm a life coach of mothers and families and a mother of three adult daughters. I'm Katie Mitchell, actress, writer, storyteller, and mom of a teenage son. Life is complicated and communication can often feel like a tightrope walk. Our guest, Evie Gold, shares a story about a weekend she shared with her mother. Evie Gold is a nonfiction essayist whose personal stories focus on love, family, and anecdotes she collects from life and her daily observations. Evie is a graduate of the Writer's Studio at SFU in Vancouver and is currently working on her first memoir. I love this next thing. She and her husband share a nomadic lifestyle and try to move every couple of years so home is more of a mindset, not a physical space. Isn't that cool? I like that a lot. So welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. What we normally like to do is have the writer read their piece, and then, you know, we have our brilliant conversations afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers Um, crossed. (laughs) But I'd love it if you just sort of set it up for us before you Sure. Um, The name of the piece is Your Mother, and it takes place in Manhattan um, right after my parents separated. And it's kind of about those emotions that are there and, and the things that are happening. Okay, perfect. Your mother. The apartment is abandoned, but the essence of their presence lingers. They took with them the most important artifacts and left the rest to collect dust. Old CDs, relics from trips, clothing, paperwork, memories from their past lives, each one savoring nothing that once held them together except for their one common interest, their children. Weekly, you find yourself interacting with one of them. Your mother will stroll through the front door, remark about the mess you've made. She's used to it, but she's done cleaning up after you. She drops her things off by the door when before she would have carried them into her bedroom. You can see a little disdain in her face, but she doesn't comment. She doesn't love coming back, but she does it for you because you are not comfortable with her new living arrangements. Swinging into the kitchen, you put the teapot on and ask her what she wants to drink. There is an odd feeling playing hostess for her in the apartment that you once shared. She offers to go out for coffee instead. You get dressed and make your way outside. The seasons are finally changing and the sun warms up your face. You both pull out cigarettes as you walk and make casual conversation. During coffee, you talk logistics. Bills need to be paid. She asks about your father. You don't mention the new woman in his life and casually bring up that he is out of town. She doesn't push the questions further. On the way back, you ask her to teach you how to make a Spanish pie, one of her specialties. Ordering food and going out has become the norm, and you miss a home-cooked meal. You stop at the grocery store to pick up the ingredients. When it comes to paying at the counter, you pull out your credit card. She isn't making money. It's a strange transaction. You take the heavy bags and walk the few blocks home. 
She asks you if you want to watch something. Both of you still keep up with the shows you once watched together. There isn't anything new to see, so you put on a rerun of an old favorite, and that's how you spend the remainder of your time together. When it gets late, you tell her you're going to bed. It's a one-bedroom apartment, so you've taken the room that used to be theirs, the bed that they once used to share. She sighs as you go into the room. You've taken over her side of the bed, and she knows it, but doesn't comment. Several hours later, you feel her crawl into bed, on the side your father slept on. And you both have a restless night's sleep. In the morning, she rummages through her old closet, finds the few shelves that are still not occupied with your belongings, and pulls out something old to wear. You make a pot of tea, and the two of you go through the mail together, and then she's ready to leave. It's sad we didn't get a chance to talk, she says. Wow. Just irks at all the emotional strings, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? So let's talk for a minute. First of all, how many siblings? You're how many? Um, I'm one of two. I have a younger brother. And if you don't mind, how old are you or what age range are you? <laughs> sure. So my parents separated when I was in my late teens. And I mm-hmm. think um, at this particular scene, my brother has gone off to college um, and I am at home dealing with all the repercussions. Wow. Yes. Got it. Was the divorce... Because my parents divorced too, but I was young, uh, you know, seven, and it was traumatic. And I know that it's upsetting um, no matter when, but how impactful was it to you as a teenager? So I think when it happens later in your life, or let's say your teens, it still leaves an impact, but you're looking at it at a bit of a different lens. I observed my parents and felt like it was time for them to separate. Hmm. At that age, I had wanted a different type of separation, but I was also judging from my own perspective and, and wanting them to deal with it the way I thought I would deal with it. But I realized, you know, through the years now that you know, they're their own people and there's probably a lot more that happened there than what I was previewed to. When you're going through this, what was your brother's thoughts? Because he had taken off for college. He has his own feelings about the separation, but I think having to physically be there um, when they chose to go their separate ways was was a different experience mm. than yeah. being apart and speaking with them over the phone and you know trying to talk to me through it because we're pretty close, my brother and I. Right. Yeah. Also, you're a writer, so you're gonna you're gonna be watching it through a different well, prism. You know. Well, what makes for better writing than complicated life situations and complicated relationships? Yeah. I think. No matter what age it happens, you're still affected by the fact that your family is no longer a single unit. Um, Whether that happens when you're a child and you end up blaming yourself for it, or if it happens as a teen where you think you could have done it better, or when you become an adult and you're like, well, man, if I had to go through this, what what would it really look like? Um, Because it's so much more complicated than than you ever give it credit for when you're sitting from an observer's seat. Definitely. Um, So tell me about writing this piece. Uh, when you sat down, did it just come out at some point or uh, was there an impulse to sit down and write this piece? So I try to take the the writer's advice that you should sit down every day and put some words on paper as, as much as I can. But nothing seems to flow as much as when I'm emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. And I think this moment was particularly infuriating um, mm-hmm. because we had just spent so much time together. Um, mm-hmm. And that sentence just just nailed it um, right in the heart. Totally. 
but getting getting emotions down on paper, I mean, not only is it therapeutic, but sometimes there's a bit of gold in there to pick out for a, you know, a piece you can submit. So if you had to go back to that time, what was the conversation that you wish you had had with your mother? I mean, I feel like um, communication in my family has always been a difficult thing. Um, and I, I think I would have asked her, you know, more of how she's doing. And I wish she'd done the same. Mm-hmm. Is your relationship, is it always like this? where you're so actively avoiding actually connecting. Is, is your relationship always like that? I, I love my mother. Um, just because we have a hard time communicating doesn't mean that that goes away. Mm-hmm. I think we, we continue to have um, a complex relationship. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think mother-daughter relationships tend to be that way. In some ways, you're hopeful that it'll look like one thing and you realize at some point in your life it doesn't look like that at all. Um, mm-hmm. And you need to maybe think about the fact that maybe that illusion of what that perfect relationship looks like may not exist at all. Um, and it's so something you observe in other people, but you never know what's actually happening between them. Right. So my mother and I, we go through our ups and downs. I, I think as in any really meaningful relationship you're you're bound to you're bound to experience it in different ways at different points in your life do you have interest in being a mother yourself i do have interest in being a mother and do i think i'll do it differently <laughs> well, uh, yeah what do you think you'll do differently because of your relationship i think there was a certain point where i treated my relationship with my mother as a best friend Um, And I think it was in that naive time. And I say that because I'll preface it and say, at some point that switched. And I think it's when I realized she didn't have all the answers that Mm -hmm. I wanted my mother to have. Mm -hmm. So it was less best friend and more someone that I idolized. And I think that that combination of thinking she was the end all be all. And when that realization of, you know, she may not have all the answers or she's Mm -hmm. just a person and she's going to make mistakes and, Mm -hmm. um, I think I took that a lot harder um, than I would want my child to. So mm. I think I'll continue to to show flaws to my mm. children throughout, uh, hoping that you know they never put me on a pedestal the way I think I did with my mother at some point. I, I love that. And by the way, I think they will no matter what to a degree. It, it's certainly young, they have to. But um, <laughs> but I agree with you. It's it's. I think it's wholly beneficial to show that you're human from the get-go. Let them know that, yeah. oops, that was a mistake. It's, it's really a thing of mindset. Um, and there's, there's a great kind of study going on right now about a fixed or an open mindset. And I, I think that's really what differentiates the two. Fixed being, you know, you either do it right or you do it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one being like, there's more flexibility. Life is a lot more complicated um, mm. than the black and white. Exactly. Yeah. And being a mother, you realize you're kind of always going with the the flow, you know, riding the wave or getting toppled by it. Yeah. Yeah. And modeling how to figure out getting out of jams is, Uh I mean, that's something that we need to take with us through the rest of our days. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. When um, I stumbled upon a podcast and it's called uh, Rosie Waterland. Mum says my memoir is a lie. 
And it is so interesting. So this young Australian wrote this memoir and just like, she thought her mother would be dead by the time um, she published it. She she just kind of wrote her truth. Mm. And then somehow the publisher said, would you do a podcast, but you have to do it with your mother. Because her mother didn't (laughs) die. Because her mother just didn't die. <laughs> but her her mom was, I guess, a, quite an alcoholic. I mean, really, mm-hmm. and the way she describes it, mm-hmm. right? So what they do every episode, she reads a chapter, and then they discuss it. And the mom's like, that is a friggin' lie. That didn't happen. Da, 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 da. And they just have, you hear this real, real life. Wow. It's so good. And then um, the last episode, the mom is so glad for the journey. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a really interesting thing as a mother. It's an an interesting thing to sit there and, and be able to be present for my daughter to say whatever she wanted and me to just sit still and, um, debate it, argue it, whatever, but just take it on as a, as our communication challenge. I just thought that that was such an interesting podcast. And it, it was just it, as many episodes as was chapters, and then it was done. Hmm. It's like therapy live um, yes. for everyone to hear. It right? was, and it's funny. I mean, it is It is really funny. I hope my son never writes a memoir and asks me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what else I really loved about your piece was how alive all the objects were that they had touched or that they had used that are now you know, reminders constantly and they're in your possession. The, the flip that this is, you know, your place now and everything. I um, I love that. Thank you. It, it made me start to think about some of mine. Because uh, honestly, I've downsized to such a degree now that I don't have very many things from the past. A lot of them haunted me, I, but I didn't realize it at the time. You know, I kept them for sentimental reasons. And then later you think, yeah, no, that is actually... <laughs> That's sentiment. <laughs> yeah, and it's got like pig pin in the peanuts. It's got that <laughs> dust around it that I just need to sort of move somewhere else. But some of them I kept because they have a hum. They have a they have a heartbeat. They have a life force kind of uh, that is good, that is also good, that is sweet or something. I, you know, this is all in retrospect after my parents are gone. I don't think I felt that way about these objects while they were still alive. So just just know that because you're, you're a baby still. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the belongings had sentiment for them yeah. uh, and less for me, and, and which is why I wanted to bring it back at the end with, with an almost empty closet now full of my belongings because mm-hmm. as much as they had connections with the items they left behind they also chose not to take them into their you know next chapter with them right um and i didn't feel like i needed to be burdened with them either yeah i mean yes i hear you the other thing that also is so wonderful in the way you wrote this piece is the sameness and not the same at all you know the old tv shows that you watch but it's not the same and the apartment is you know yes it was hers and now it's yours, or you pay the bills now, or all those moments of sameness and not at all the same yeah. are beautifully drawn, I thought. Thank you. And so, and that can happen so quickly, mm-hmm. um, the changes in that. Yeah, it sure can. Um, the Spanish pie. Tell me about the Spanish pie. <laughs> 
So my family actually has no no Spanish origin whatsoever. Um, I, along with my parents, were all born in Latvia and immigrated here to the United States in 91. And somewhere along the way, my mother picked up a recipe for Spanish pie that is her staple breakfast item. And when you've gone from your mom cooking for you to having to, to fend for yourself a little bit, the old dishes are what that really sparked those memories. So I did ask her to make that morning Spanish pie for me. Oh, that's really sweet. Isn't it amazing how food is one of those things that connect us so deeply? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that it doesn't have to come from your own heritage. It can come from, you know, just experiences that you had with that food. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it becomes a completely different level of comfort Mm-hmm. It does. Tell me about your writing. So where are you now with this whole journey? Um, I have a, uh, what would you call it? Like an abusive relationship with writing, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I find so much guilt um, that I lay on myself when I don't do it. Um, and so much contentness that when I do. And I, I've tried so hard to not let all of those pesky um, reservations and procrastinations get in the way of actually putting words on paper. Mm-hmm. So I found an accountability buddy. I, I try to write daily or at least every other day. I've started sketching out my memoir, which is a full-blown story about my relationship with my mother. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm really hoping that that comes out the way I imagine it to. <laughs> and then and then you'll do a podcast on it with your mom. <laughs> Just- <laughs> It's not a bad idea. It's a risky one, but it's. And we'll come and guess about how we started this whole thing. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Do you um, support yourself by writing or? Well, I I do, but not in the creative writing uh, sense. I have a job as a UX writer at a high tech company here in Silicon Valley. So my world revolves around words. However, I still have to come home to, to write my pieces and work on my memoir. Right. And, and UX. What is UX? It's a tech. It's a tech thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a user experience. Yes. So I sit on the design team in product and I am in charge all of the words um, that goes into our service. So into our application and right. into... Right. Um, yeah, exactly. So you write that all day and then you go home and write heart songs, sort of, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> That's right. That's beautiful. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm so happy that you submitted this piece to us. I really look forward to reading more of your work. Thank you so much. I really um, appreciate that you invited me on and it's an honor to be here. Thanks. Oh, well, thank you for being here. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That's our show. Take care. Bye-bye. And to find out more about our writers, go to our website, Instagram, or Twitter. If it's not one thing, it's your mother. And that's the number one, not the word one. Want to do something to help us? Go wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us. Five stars would be nice. You can say something complimentary. Because you know what? It really does help other people find our show. And also share us with a friend because word of mouth is the best compliment. Join us next week.